Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, May the 10th, 2022. It is currently 10.46 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, Two stories above a street right here in Abilene, Texas, and uh, I'm in the second, obviously, two stories above a street. I'm I'm in the second floor room of my home, and uh, a special weather alert was just sent out, and uh, well, we've got a chance for some severe thunderstorms that are possibly rolling into the area. So, um, well, we're going to go live now and accomplish as much as we can before well, those storms hit and it becomes, well, too distracting for you to listen to what I have to say. So before the storms get here, let's spend some time in a devotional thought. Let's spend some time looking back in church history. Let's spend some time looking at the things of God. And isn't that kind of a, a great illustration, isn't it? You know, the time to really look and study and meditate on the things of God is before the storm hits. It really is. In the midst of the storm, oh, you can try to grab that Bible. You can try to spend some time meditating and thinking. But at that time, you're, you're sometimes overwhelmed with the storm, with pain, with anxiety, with worry, with fear. Oh, you may try to say, no, 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 can't worry, can't have fear, can't have anxiety because I'm a Christian. But sometimes when the storm hits, Obviously, I'm using a metaphorical example here, an allegory here. A real storm is, is building outside here in West Texas, but in your life and my life, storms come in, right? It can be filled with pain, tragedy, heartache, and it can lead to confusion, discouragement, anger, bitterness. But when, when that storm hits, sometimes it's difficult to go, okay, 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 in the midst of this storm, I'm going to spend some time meditating on God's word. I'm going to spend some time praying. I'm going to spend some time studying. Sometimes that it's the most difficult time. So we need to be meditating, studying, in a sense, building ourselves up spiritually before the storm arrives. Think of it that way. There's always going to be storms coming in your life, right? One after another. Trouble, difficulty is, is it's always, I mean, we're we're born to trouble in a sense, right? We're born. And, and trial and tribulation is a part of this life. We're going to experience it. The way we prepare ourselves spiritually for it is taking the time that we have when we're not in the midst of a storm to meditate and to think and to feed upon God's word, building up that spiritual strength so that when the storm hits, building ourselves in a sense, building our house on the rock, on the word of God, on what God says, then when the storm comes, everything doesn't collapse. But a lot of times we don't even start trying to, in a sense, build the house until the storm is already upon us, all right? So I just think it, it, it's a, it's, it just works as a good illustration this evening. But here's what we're going to do tonight. Right here next to me is a book that's over 500 years old. Over 500 years old. Now, my copy of this book is not 500 years old. It looks like it's 500 years old because the entire first part of it is gone. It's completely come off the binding, and I don't even know where it is. I got pages 
falling out of it, but I have a copy here of The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, which was written over 500 years ago. Obviously, I don't have an original edition, but my copy, well, my copy was purchased in the night in early 1990s at Divine Truth Bookstore in Papillion, Nebraska. That's where my copy was purchased, okay? I bought it uh, during my lunch break for uh, the... Uh, Twin Cities Bible Institute, I think that's what it was called. It was the first Bible Institute I ever attended, uh, and I went on to attend many. But it was the first, I guess, uh, um, formal schooling that I had in doctrine and theology. And we had a lunch break, and I went down and purchased a copy of The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis because it was mentioned during class. One of these things that just absolutely fascinates me, Twin Cities Bible uh, Baptist Bible Institute I was an independent fundamental Baptist Bible Institute, clearly opposed to Catholicism, clearly opposed to anything related to Catholicism, but for some weird reason, the imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis was mentioned, and what I, I went on to see this happen over and over and over again, that somehow the imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis seemed to be talked about far more in non-Catholic circles than I ever... I don't even think I ever heard the book mentioned when I attended a Catholic university pursuing a degree in Catholic theology. I don't think Thomas Akempis was ever mentioned, but I've seen it mentioned him mentioned over and over and over in the non-Catholic world, which is just just shows you the very the the influence of this book again written over 500 years ago. Now we've been working on this book really since 2019. We've been working on it, just working through it page by page, chapter by chapter. I, I, th- I think it's been a fascinating study. At times, it's been very difficult. And we're at one of those chapters. We're in book two. Uh, the Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis is broken into four books. We're in book two, chapter 10. And in my, my edition of the book, the chapter is entitled Gratitude for the Grace of God. What a great title. Gratitude for the Grace of God. Powerful title. And you just probably in your mind, you think, okay, a chapter about gratitude for the grace of God. You think you know which direction it's going to go. And it it, it starts off, just, just to show you, the first paragraph just goes, I mean, it just completely catches you off guard because you're like, gratitude for the grace of God. You think it's going to be something like, God has given us his amazing grace and we fail to show the gratitude that we should, but we should be overwhelmed with gratitude. We should be overwhelmed with thankfulness. But no, it starts off like this. Why seek rest since you are born to trouble? Hey, in a chapter called Gratitude for the Grace of God, Thomas Akempis starts off by asking you a, kind of a, a just a rhetorical question. Why are you seeking rest when you're born to trouble? And, and the answer is kind of like, well, I don't know why. Like, I shouldn't be. Because why are you seeking rest if you're born to trouble? Because whatever rest you get right now, you know it's going to be temporary because you're born to trouble. Trouble's going to keep coming. Trouble's going to keep coming. So why are you seeking rest from it? Instead, Thomas Akempis says, instead of looking for rest, you should dispose or commit yourself to patience rather than comfort and to bearing of the cross rather than gladness. You should be not worried about seeking rest. Seeking rest. What you should be worried about is having patience to make it through the trouble, and that you should be willing to bear the cross instead of asking for gladness or joy. It's just a completely, 
you're just completely caught off guard. And then the next chapter, the next paragraph gets all confusing. We've looked at all of that. I'm not going to go back and review it because there's just so much there that we, I don't think we ever completely figured it all out. Uh, but um, yeah, we're, we're just going to go right to this paragraph. We're close to the end and we're just going to start with this tonight. I, I really just want to read one sentence, really. Or maybe just one, maybe we'll just make it through. I don't know if we'll even make it through this one paragraph. We'll just see. Are you ready? Here we go. Thomas Akempis from The Imitation of Christ, written over 500 years ago. We're in chapter 10 of book two. We've been working on this. Uh, we've been in this series, I think, since 2019, 2020. You can go back and listen to all of the episodes. Um, it's been a, it's been a, I think it's been a great study. Uh, some people love it. Some people don't. But it, we definitely have not, we've, we've looked at every single word. We've not skipped one word in the book. So I think it's been fascinating. But are you ready? Here we go. Before the storm outside arrives, before the, maybe you're in the middle of a storm right now in your life. So I don't know if this will be comforting. Hopefully it will be. But if you're not in a storm right now, a storm's coming. Let me, let me just tell you, a storm is coming. Trouble is coming to your life. I don't know when it's going to arrive, so always use the opportunity when it's not present to build yourself up spiritually. So let's do that. Thomas Kempis wants us to understand this, and I quote, Set yourself always in the lowest place. Always set yourself in the lowest place. Now, he borrows this concept from Luke chapter 14, verse 10. Luke chapter 14, verse 10. Luke chapter 14, verse 10, where we read these words. Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 10. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place. When you're invited in, to see a dinner, you don't look for the seat of honor. You don't look to be the head of the table. You don't look to be next to the head of the table. You go find the lowest place, the place where you're not going to be recognized. You may not even be hurt. You may not even, you may be completely ignored. Go find that place. In other words, you take the position of humility, not the position of pride. You take the position of humility. You take the position of being overlooked. You take the, the position of being ignored, not the position so that you can be seen and heard and recognized. You take the place where you will receive no recognition, not the place of recognition. You, stay, you, 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 you pick the lowest place, not the, not the place of exaltation. Now, 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 we could just stop right there. Is, is that an attitude you have? Because everything in it, remember, I, I say this all the time, all the time. I got to always repeat myself, but I know there's always new listeners. I define sin. Sin is the exaltation of the I. It's the exaltation of I, of you, of me, of self. Sin is the exaltation of self. We exalt ourselves above God. We want our way. We want the, we, it's all about pride. It's all about ego. It's all about that. It, it's, um, here, here's, here's an idea. Starve the, starve the ego, feed the soul. Starve the ego, you feed the soul. That's kind of the concept. You, 
you're, you may be there for a meal, but sometimes when people are at a place for a meal, what they really want is, I don't know, to be heard, to be seen. Instead, you just go find the lowest place. And then it says, and the highest shall be given you. Now, the idea of those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But just make sure you know, you go humble yourself when that highest will be given to you. Don't think that this is some mathematical formula that, hey, the way to, to position power and influence is to humble myself. This may be you humble yourself. You may be then given the highest place will be given to you, but that may be a spiritual benefit may not I don't, I don't think it's just some formula and how you can really you know move up the the chain and influence and power for the highest cannot stand without the lowest that's an interesting phrase the highest cannot stand without the lowest the chiefest saints before god are the least before themselves the chiefest saints before god are the least before themselves. If you want to be the chiefest before God, you've got to be the least before yourself. Or think about this way. If you want to be the chiefest before the throne, you have to be the least in front of the mirror. In other words, when you, if you all, when you see yourself, it's always about building yourself up, you, your position, your recognition, you, 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 well, then you won't be the chiefest before God because God resists the proud. He exalts the humble, but he resists the proud. God hates the proud look. He hates it. The chiefest saints before God are the least before themselves, and the more glorious they are, so much, so much within themselves are they humbler. The more, in a sense, the the close, think of it this way, the closer we get to God, the more humble we will become. The more arrogant, the more conceited, the more we make things about us, that's the further we are away from God. The closer we get to God, the more broken we become, the more humble we become, the one of the ways you know you are advancing spiritually, one of the ways you know you're growing spiritually is because you are becoming more and more broken. You see yourself as you, re as you really are. And you know what I'm getting ready to say. I'm going to have to borrow from Calvin. You know what I'm going to say. When we see God as he truly is, then we finally see ourselves as we truly are. Until we see God as he is, that we cannot see ourselves as we truly are. The, the reason you will become more and more humble is the closer you get to God, then the more you will, that, that's when you see, your, you cannot see yourself as you truly are until you see God as he truly is. The closer you get to God, the more you grow spiritually, the, the, the more is going to be revealed about what you really are. You're going to see your deception. You're going to see your self-righteousness. You're going to see your pride. You're going to see your arrogance. You're going to see everything wrong with yourself. The further away you are from God, then the more you're going to think you're wonderful, you're great, you're better than everyone else. You're going to be arrogant. You're going to be condemning. You're going to be self-righteous. That's, that's someone who's not, that you may think that they're the ones who've grown spiritually. No, 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 no. Arrogance, pride, self-righteousness, self-righteousness, condemning everyone else, 
No, 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 no. That's that's the sign that you're far, far away from God. So let's read this all again. Set yourself in the lowest place, and the highest shall be given you. For the highest cannot stand without the lowest. The chiefest saints before God are the least before themselves, and the more glorious they are, so much within themselves are they humbler. Those who are full of truth and heavenly glory are not greedy for vain glory. Those who are full of truth and heavenly glory are not greedy for vain glory. When you truly are full of God's truth and heavenly glory, that's your focus, that's what you're concerned with, you're going to find yourself that you're not greedy for vain glory. You're not, you're not greedy for the recognition of the world. You're not, you're not greedy for their praise, for their approval. You're not going to worry about it. You're not going to be, you're not going to do everything you can to exalt yourself. We, we, we are so good at exalting ourselves, but convincing ourselves that we are not doing that. We always convince ourselves that somehow our actions are, are godly and that we're humble. But the reality is we, we, we seek vain glory constantly. And that demonstrates that we're not, that we are not full of truth and heavenly glory. Those who are firmly settled and grounded in God can nowise be puffed up. And they who ascribe all unto God, whatever good they have received, seek not glory one for another, but wish for that glory which is from God alone. And desire above all things that God may be praised in them and in all his saints. And after this very thing, they are always striving. See, those, those, when, we, we, when we come closer and closer to God, when we grow closer and closer to God, we've been confronted with the truth, the majesty, the grace, the glory of God then we're, we're going, we are going to ascribe all glory unto God. We're going to see that God deserves the glory and everything. And we're not going to seek glory for one another. We're not going to seek glory for you. You're not going to seek glory for me. We're not going to seek glory in that. But we're going to wish that the glory which is from God alone and desires above all things that God may be praised in them and in all his saints and after his very thing, they're always striving. We're going to strive for God's glory. We're going to strive for God's praise. We're going to strive for God to be exalted. That's what we're going to be worried about. That's what we're going to strive for. But as Christians, man, we... We, we make so much of our life is about us and what people think. And we want, we want to do everything we can to make sure that people perceive us a certain way. And we want to be recognized for our accomplishments and recognized for this and this and that. Just so much is about us. I'm just going to stop there. I know I probably shouldn't because I only have two very, I could read the next two paragraphs. But I don't, I just, I want to read this all again. Set yourself always in the lower place and the highest should be given you. For the highest cannot stand without the lowest. The chiefest saints before God are the least before themselves. And the more glorious they are, 
so much within themselves are they humbler. Those who are full of truth and heavenly glory are not greedy of vain glory. Those who are firmly settled and grounded in God can nowise be puffed up, and they who ascribe all unto God, whatever good they have received, seek not glory one of another, but wish for that glory which is from God alone, and desire above all things that God may be praised in them and in all his saints, and after his very thing, they're always striving. Do you do you want to be in a position of recognition? Do you want to be in a position of of praise? Do you want to be in a position of being seen? Do you want to be in a position where you receive respect and honor and glory? Or do you want to be well only concerned with God's glory and not your own? You're not seeking vainglory. You're not seeking vainglory in any way shape or, or form. You're not, you're not pursuing that. You're not seeking that. What, what, what do you really, how do you really live your life? I, I think, I think this is the point. We can talk about this all day, but sometimes you have to get very, very, very specific examples, but people will try to claim, no, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. They, they want to be known for their position. They want to be known for, for their, what they own. They want to be, there's so much they want to be known for, but it's all about them, 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 them. We constantly are exalting ourselves. We should place ourselves in the, the, the lowest place. And again, the closer we get to God, the more we grow spiritually, the more broken we will become. We don't seek vainglory. We become more humble because we'll see ourselves as we truly are. The closer we get to God, the more the 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 truth we see the truth of who we are. The further we get away from God, we can't see the truth of who we are. We see we see we see the reality that we want people. We 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 see a fake reality. We we can't see the real us. We see the fake us. We see the the pretend, we, we, we see the person that we, we want everyone to think that we are. I, I think, I, you know, it's like when you're, when you are far from God, you may, you may be convinced that, you know, that you've got everyone fooled. Uh, but you know what? The closer you get to God, you'll realize that the worst thing anyone's ever said about you or the worst thing anyone's ever thought about you, oh, they've barely scratched the surface. The closer you get to God, you realize you're far worse than the worst thing anyone's ever thought about you. You're far worse than, than, any, than the worst thing anyone has ever said about you because you see your depravity. Pick the lowest place. Not just, it, this goes beyond just like, okay, so if I go to a dinner, I'm not going to seek a, the seat of honor or I'm not going to, it's not, it's not, that's just a, a, a literal example of a, the deeper spiritual, of the deeper, deeper spiritual principle. Stop seeking the chief seats in your life. Ch- choose the lowest place. Humble yourself. And again, I don't think the only way to humble yourself is to grow closer to God. That's the only way it works. 
All right. I want to read these last two paragraphs. I really do, but but uh, I'm just going to stop there. All right. Thanks for listening to this special, I guess we'll call it a late night episode of Looking at the Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. I hope uh, hope that was helpful. The, again, the book is The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. It's free online. You can find it anywhere. And uh, there you go. You can email me your thoughts about it. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I, I almost want to read that paragraph again, but I'll stop right there. And uh, if you have any questions, let me know. And if you have any thoughts, let me know. All right, thanks for listening. God bless.